Welcome to Flix, my name's Daniel Swan, this is episode 94, in which myself and my lovely wife Tiffany B discuss Fifty Shades of Grey, a film I picked specifically because I know how much it will anger her. Why does she stay married to me? <laughs> I don't know! is one of the most productive creative emotions sure. in my opinion I don't uh, disagree with you a large part of rock and roll heavy metal rap rap based almost exclusively on anger Gordon Ramsay has built an entire career around it it's productive although not good I mean, who's to say what is good? Me. I mean, I thought that was the point of this podcast. Sure. So it's a bad (laughs) thing, but quite fun. So I took it upon myself Uh to find a few films that I thought, for one reason or another, but mainly one reason, would make you, Tiffany B, angry. Uh-oh. And I thought yes. the best the best kind of avenue to go down vis-a-vis your anger mm. would be your staunch, proud, um, uh, wonderful, effervescent feminism. Yes. Um, just explain that feminism in a very just in a very succinct manner. What's feminism to you, Tiffany B? Feminism to me mm-hmm. is the belief that there is no fundamental difference between men and women and that they should therefore be treated the same nice so it's you know a a kind of a sense that women are as strong yes as kind of complex yes as um intelligent as intelligent as funny as funny as wise as wise as able as able etc etc as the men folk correct so, what would make you angrier than a, a collection of films, and there's a few of them, we'll sprinkle them around, um, where it seems as though the filmmakers don't share that same opinion? They definitely don't. They have disdain, if not pure hatred, <laughs> for women. Um, the first such uh, of these Tiffany Bait if we can call them, Tiffany Bait films, um, is the one that you're listening to right now. Uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, based upon the wildly successful... Upsettingly Upsettingly successful... successful uh, I was going to say trilogy of books, but I think it's more than that now. Oh, is it? Because I, f- I feel like she wrote one called Grey that was... Just the first book, but all from his point of view as opposed to from her point of view. God. Um, who is this person? Who indeed? E.L. James. Uh, Erica Mitchell Leonard, known by her pen name E.L. James, is in English. She's one of our countrymen. Mm. Uh, is an English author. She wrote the best-selling erotic romance trilogy... 
Fifty Shades of Grey, Fifty Shades Darker, and Fifty Shades Freed, along with their companion novels, Uh, Grey, Fifty Shades of Grey, as told by Christian, and Darker, Fifty Shades Darker, as told by Christian, uh, and under the name Snow Queen's Ice Dragon, the Twilight fan fiction, Master of the Universe, that was the basis for the Fifty Shades trilogy. Were you aware of this? Um, No, I was definitely not. So, yeah, so it started off as uh, fan fiction about Twilight. Um, that then she realised that then I guess people in the Twilight fan fiction realm must have enjoyed. But then she thought, well, I can't publish this because it's about someone else's IP, intellectual property. So let's just change the name, some of the details. Is there that similar themes in Twilight? No, there can't be. That's teen. Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just, although Twilight might be one of the films that we watch as well, just FYI. Um... It's uh, it's more just about him being kind of very powerful and kind of perfect and wonderful and her being protected by him. Okay. And then she added in the kind of more sexy elements, as a lot of fan fiction will. For sure. Um, so this so uh, so this podcast is just dealing with the the first such uh, film, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, what's the setup to this, Tiffany B? Could you could you just detail that for me? The setup is a young lady named Anastasia Steele yeah. uh, is, you know, living her life in Portland, Oregon, mm-hmm. and she meets interviews of a very wealthy um, businessman yeah. for her friend, in place of her friend, for a student newspaper, and then they develop a relationship um, which is, I guess, coloured or defined largely by his his sexual desires, namely BDSM and a contract that he wants her to engage in to agree to be his, um, what's it called? Submissive. Submissive, that's it. Yes. Nice. And their relationship thereafter. Good. Nice. Um... So spoiler free. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what did what did you think of it? I think it will come as no surprise <laughs> to anyone. I mean, the, if I can use a word to describe just that first sentence, and it just made me so happy, it would be haughty. Immediately, I can imagine you sweeping a shawl around yourself, wearing a fancy hat. It shall come as no surprise. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, Apologies. Well. I interrupted. I think it will come as no surprise (laughs) that I hated it. (laughs) I thought it was terrible. And I will not watch another one. (laughs) Nor will I ever read this shite. Okay. What did you think, Daniel? Um, it will come as no surprise. <laughs> no, yeah, it's shit. It's um, it's a film. It's it's a really strange proposition, in that it's structured weirdly for a film, which is often the case with book adaptations. Yeah. That they're not because they're obviously originally written for a different medium. With a different set of rules and a different structure and all that kind of stuff. So it's structured in a very strange way, but it it seems 
even even without having read any of the book it it feels like a film that's based on a poorly written book yeah like even against other like book to film adaptations it just seems <coughs> bless you yeah just really yeah weirdly i don't know like for them so they they meet at the beginning like it's it's a it's a decent enough setup a good kind of meet cute yeah of she's interviewing him she's not actually supposed to be there so she's not entirely into the interview she doesn't really understand who he is or what's going on she's just reading the questions blah 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 that's that's quite a good meet cute sure absolutely but it happens in like the second scene yeah like you would expect there to be some kind of sense of like well yeah who is she yeah but it just bowls right into that which then becomes even more perplexing because in terms of the, the, the kind of plot as it is going forward, just just su- such a small amount of stuff happens. Yeah. And what does happen seems to be entirely unnecessary. Mm. It's just frivolous. There's no kind of substance. substance to it. That you just think, why would you not revel in the opportunity to spend a bit of time before, you know... Yeah. If you've got such a small amount, their worlds yeah. and their lives, yeah. If you've got a very wafer thin plot, why are you barreling headfirst into it? Yeah, yeah, and I think it does. It is very kind of cyclical in that you feel like haven't we addressed this already? You know, so yeah. it comes up and it's like, oh well, is she going to sign the contract or is she not going to sign the contract? And then they talk about the contract and then. You know, it dies down for a bit and then they talk about the contract again and then is she going to sign it and is she not going to sign it? Yeah. And does she feel happy about this or does she not feel happy about this? And it just, there's nothing going on. There's nothing. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it, it does, it does to me feel like it was written by somebody who, you know what it feels like? It feels like a soap or something. Yeah. Where it's very kind of serial, you yeah. know, it's like this happens and then it kind of goes back to normal. Mm. And then this happens and then it kind of goes back to normal. And so the drama is really very similar throughout. Yeah. There's no kind of new thing, you know, there's not a lot of new concepts or problems introduced. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's no, there's no kind of plot points. No, there's no moment of like, well, then this happens. Yeah. And then she changes her mind or then he does this, which yeah. means that she then does that or whatever, like, or her friend gets involved or, yeah. you know, there's no real consequence to anything. It just, and then, then you just land right back at the same kind of place. Yeah. And then it starts the whole thing again. And then you have a couple of sex scenes and all is forgotten and then it, let's start again. Yeah. So it's like, do you want, I don't know. It's not a good story. <laughs> at the, at the, at the, it, you know, the kind of, at the core, there's no story. Yeah. It feels like half a film's worth of story. Less. Less. I think. Yeah. It's just not, there's hardly anything going on. Yeah. Like, and that ending, I know this is spoiler free, so I yeah. won't say, but very unsatisfying. Yeah. You weren't left satisfied by Fifty Shades of Grey? No. No. 
No, I was not. So, uh, who do you think would enjoy this? It's hard for me to say, because I think if you haven't got anything nice to say about someone, you shouldn't <laughs> say anything at all. Um, no, I don't know. I guess people who want to see the sex scenes... I don't know. I personally would say nobody. I don't think it's... Because if you do want the sex, I don't think it's that great for the sex. If you want a story, there's nothing for you here. Mm. If you want drama, there's nothing for you here. No. Um, if you want good acting, move along. <laughs> like, um, I don't know. What, what else do people go to films about? Uh, for beautiful scenery, great cinematography... Great soundtrack. No, the, just keep on keeping on. There's keep on tracking, baby. Yeah. I think, for me, the people that would enjoy this film are just people who have read the book. Yeah. Which then becomes an issue because a lot of people have read the book. I wonder what people who have read the book think of the film adaptation. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. Because I haven't read the book. So maybe the book is amazing. <laughs> I maybe. know it's not, but <laughs> maybe it is. No, but you know, like, how does it compare? Yeah. Often, I feel like book adaptations don't do a great job, so giving the benefit of the doubt, maybe the book is a lot better. It's possible. Can be worse. It's, yeah. So it, so this is a film that was, I mean, it's, it's panned, universally panned. Yeah. Critics dislike it intensely. A lot of people don't like it either. Um, it would. It cost forty million dollars to make. Mm -hmm. How much do you think? Oh, how much God. money do you think it made? Too much. Hundred and fifty. Hundred and fifty million from a budget of forty million. So that's like almost four times as much. Yeah. It made five hundred and seventy-one million dollars. Oh God. Which is why there's two more. Yeah. Of oh yeah. Because of course. there's there's yeah. such a. Sure thing. Yeah. A lot is, of money to be made. Because there's so many people that read the books. I mean, the books were kind of crazy bestsellers, aren't they? They were like, the yeah, the first one. I'm not sure about the second two. I'm sure they were also top sellers. But the first one was like the best-selling book of 2017 or whenever it came out. Oh, it wasn't too... I mean, the film only came out in 2015, I think. Oh, what am I saying, 2017? Like 2010 or 2012? 2012, maybe. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and it remained on the top seller for a number of years. Yeah. Like, um, I'm sure that it was the best-selling book ever at one point. Really? Yeah. Like, outranking Harry Potter at one point. But anyway. It's, it's set a record in the United Kingdom as the fastest-selling paperback of all time. Oh, uh, okay. Maybe that's what I mean. Uh, so that is our spoiler-free uh, review of Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, we're going to have a, a, a jingle, then we'll get into the uh, spoiler-filled section. Um, so if you haven't seen the film and you're desperate to not know spoilers, don't go any further. But if you have seen the film or you just don't give a shit, which I think for this will be a large proportion than any other uh, review that we've done, um, just hang with us uh, and we'll be with you after the jingle. We're just about to spoil this film. So I'm telling you it won't be groovy If you listen any further Without watching the movie It's spoilers! That jingle means only one thing We're now in spoiler-filled territory 
um, we'll be using our patented five-point rating system uh, to get into the nitty and the gritty um, to give us our rating out of five. Tiffany B. Get your point, will you? Get your point, will you? And your eyeglasses. I can see my daughter on her wedding day. I don't know. What uh, What have you got, babe? Okay. First point. Um, is it a... Wait, before you start, is it a positive point or is it a negative point? It is a negative point. It is a negative point. Right, I'll put down negative here. Negative, okay. Um, okay. The character of Anna. Anastasia. So we're kicking right off yep, with our protagonist. Dive in to her. A number of issues here. One, she, at the beginning, she is so pathetic <laughs> and like over the top shy and clumsy and I don't know even what I'm doing and I'm just, oh my God, and I'm just going to read these questions and, oh, oh God, I'm so like panicked and you're so gorgeous and I can't deal with it and then I'm all shy and, you know, oh goodness gracious, what what do you mean? What does that mean? It's too much. Uh, you know, it's just, it's embarrassing and uh, it just doesn't seem real. At all. Like, I I don't know how old she's meant to be here, Mm -hmm. but she's behaving like a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Um, And it's just annoying. And it's even more annoying when all of a sudden she becomes very, like, assertive midway through the film and starts negotiating. She buys herself a nice dress and shoes. Suddenly she knows how to dress. Before that, she was wearing some kind of frumpy T-shirt or whatever because she didn't know what she was doing. Oh, yeah. also that bit where she's in the club and she's all drunk. Yeah. And she's like, oh, I just blah, blah, blah. I've told him. And no, just all of that, you're an idiot. Nobody is that stupid. Yeah, and then she turns into this kind of confident, inexplicable businesswoman. <laughs> she works at a freaking hardware store and she's suddenly wearing like a gorgeous designer dress and shoes and like being all very oh yeah I'm in control here you know chapter four not chapter four page seven you know item b1 or whatever like change from uh, uh, no that doesn't happen or it does at least it doesn't happen when you don't give any reason for it to have happened yeah like people don't just literally change overnight into a different person entirely like, what gave her confidence? The fact that she had sex one single time, she's no longer a virgin. Now, she, she's, you know, that's what it means to be a woman. Yeah. You lose your virginity, and then all of a sudden, you move from 14-year-old idiot into 43-year-old businesswoman. <laughs> like, in terms of confidence. No. No. I hate her acting. I really didn't like it. I just thought the character... Had, nobody even considered who is this woman yeah who is she nobody knows it doesn't matter like (laughs) (laughs) like like i'm presuming dakota johnson wasn't debriefed on that because she didn't know what the hell she was doing the writer clearly hasn't thought who is this woman what makes her tick yeah you know what is her background yeah what does she want and yeah Oh, and she's a romantic because she likes English literature, which I object to. 
because she's one of you. She's a, she's a, a lover of English literature, just like you are. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a thing that joins you, Tiffany B, and Anastasia Steele. Yes. Two peas in a bloody pod. That's true. I mean, that's very true. I hate the whole thing about her being a virgin and how pathetically kind of um, innocent she is about sex. Yeah. Like I say, I don't know how old this woman is, but she's too old to be behaving the way she's she is. She's supposed to be 21 years old. Stupid. <laughs> no woman that I have ever met that is lives in the Western world and is 21 years old behaves like that. Yeah. In relation to sex or anything. Um, I can understand being shy and inexperienced, but this took it too far to the point where I think, frankly, it's damaging to women to portray this kind of little girl lost Mm. stereotype where she needs to be guided through sex Mm. because she's just so innocent. She doesn't even know. Oh, bless her. Look at her in her silly T-shirts. She doesn't even know. Mm. You know what she needs? Sex. Like... And she needs a man to guide her through that. Because mm. otherwise, how will she know? How will she grow? How will she discover herself? <sighs> cool. Um, <laughs> Sorry. Sure. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> I, I um, will... Uh, oh, God. Stick up for Dakota Johnson. Well, don't. <laughs> so... That's that I I think in the sections where she is um, not with him, I feel like she has a kind of, I don't know, kind of a naturalness to her, uh, to her performance. I don't think the character's written well. I don't think that, like, when it gets into, like... Sexy times and stuff, that's an entirely different thing because she just becomes, like, a porn star or something. I don't know. Like, you brush up against someone and she's going to have an erupting orgasm all over everything. Um, but, yeah, I thought, like, when she's talking to her friend and stuff, I thought that was that was perfectly serviceable. I will say that. That's fair. However, um, I agree with everything you said. I'm going to pivot into uh, my first point. As you know, I like to in these uh, reviews, make one of my points a moment. Yes. A moment in the film. I quite enjoy that. I think okay. that's a nice uh, a nice exercise for me to kind of crystallise uh, how I feel about a certain aspect of the film into a single moment. Yes. Uh, and for me, uh, the moment that epitomises this film is um, when he discovers that she is a virgin. Mm-hmm. Problematic for many uh, reasons. Number one... Uh, I think the fact that she is a virgin makes her sexual awakening um, less convincing, mm-hmm. a lot less convincing. If she had had sex before and just not found it particularly enjoyable, mm-hmm. then when this guy comes in with this whole new world of sexual exploration and deviancy, then it's like, and she's like, oh shit, this is what I was missing. This mm-hmm. this is amazing in I a way that this. sex prior to this has not been. Yeah. As it is, it's like, what what does her being a virgin add to this? Why is she a virgin? Just for, like you say, being this kind of, because it, it's from the uh, kind of a female point of view, 
you can't even say that it's like it's that male fantasy of like, well, I'm the only man that she's ever been with. I'm, you know, it's kind of pristine snow on upon which I can walk. So you don't even get that. So I don't understand what the what she's getting at. Why? What necessity there is for her to be a virgin? I think it. I think it yeah. harms the story. It harms the story as opposed to serves the story. Yeah. Which is obviously not how it should be. Secondly, we then get him. Uh, and it's a genuine line from the film saying, oh, we need to rectify that. Like it's the, the biggest crime in the world to have not had sex. We need to rectify it. I was like, that's dis- that's a disgusting mm. thing to a say. A disturbing image. Just of awful. And then virginity he, and he, being and she, troubling. Yeah, she can't even walk into the room where he is to deflower her. He has to carry her through because she's just this lump with mm. which he is to insert himself. Which plays into the thing of her being a child. Yeah. Because she does behave like a child. The virginity portion suggests childlike innocence. Yeah. And, yeah, he he he's like, I will lead you through yeah. into being an adult. Yeah. Like, I will help you cross this border. I just thought... Uh, well, actually, no, I will make you cross this border. Yeah. Because I have to fix this situation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's up to old Christian, isn't it? I've got, to, I've got to fix this disgusting problem. This awful, broken woman who hasn't even been broken in yet. Like she's a horse of some kind. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just found that very distasteful. Yeah. Really kind of upsettingly, oh, fuck you. Yeah. Um, and also, as a, a another point from doing a bit of reading around it, mm. a point that somebody else made, um, that when he got... Uh, leads her into his bedroom, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know. They go into go into his bedroom. Well, whichever bedroom they go into, it's not a bedroom for sex, because if it's his bedroom, then he sleeps in his bedroom. If it's her bedroom, then she sleeps in her bedroom. The sex room is the is the one with all the whips and the whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and yet he has a mirror on his ceiling. Does he? I don't, didn't notice the, that. Like when they're having sex and then it kind of it pans oh. up and then you see the ceiling and it's the reflection of them. So is he just staring at himself, jerking up? Why has he got that mirror there? Anyway, that's a small point. Um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. Anna is a virgin which needs to be rectified. The actual use of the word rectified yeah. just... Troubling. Like, oh, that's so gross. It's almost like paedophilic. Yeah. You know? Like, I need to take... It's 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 unacceptable yeah. that you are innocent. Yeah. I need to take that from you. Yeah. And then she's just this kind of unengaged party. Yeah. That is like, okay, well, if you're going to do that to me, I'll just lay back here. Yeah. Gross. Boo. Next point. Um, is it a positive or <laughs> is it a negative? It is a negative. A negative. Okay, I'll write that down here. Uh, <laughs> what, I guess, when you think about this film and the story, I think what it's trying to do or be mm-hmm. is a love story to some extent. Okay. A relationship, you know, a couple. Yeah. And they're... Um, you know, their relationship, yeah. how they develop. I think that their relationship is just consistently troubling. Like, you, you bring up the good point about the initial kind of virginity breaking. Yeah. Um, But what I think is most upsetting about their relationship is 
that at various points, he stalks her. Yeah. You could argue he rapes her. Yeah. And you could argue he abuses her. Yeah. She cries after a number of things that happen. Yeah. She obviously is uncomfortable, unsure, mm-hmm. um, and upset by things that happen between mm-hmm. them. And uh, I, you know, there's no... I don't... I, I cannot understand how you can depict a relationship um, whereby the woman... Or, or actually, it doesn't matter whether it's a woman or a man. One person within that relationship mm. is visibly upset. Like, she cries. Mm. She says to him after he spanks her with the thing, you'll never do that to me again. Yeah. Like, she's obviously... You know, it's like, it's abuse. You know, she's obviously... Um, she, yeah, like, you know, especially assuming... Or, you know, because she is a virgin beforehand... This feels like exploitation. Mm. And she, feel, you know, she at various points in the films decides, yeah, I'll give it a try. Oh, actually, no, it's too much for me. Mm. Yeah, okay, I'll give it a try. Actually, you know, you've that's really upset me. Mm. And the way that he treats her is to be like, yeah, let's go on a helicopter ride to Seattle. And then, you know, I'm not really interested in anything with you apart mm. from a sexual relationship. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's clear that she wants more or that she isn't happy with that, that she's trying to, like, change him mm-hmm. or whatever. And that's obviously not going to happen. But I think it's just incredibly strange and disturbing to choose to depict a relationship whereby... There isn't a mutual enjoyment of BDSM, mm. and there there is a clear um, power balance that mm-hmm. is way out of whack, and that one of the parties is visibly and consistently disturbed and or upset about the about the relationship and how it's going. Yeah, not in a kind of oh we've had an argument kind of way, in a fundamental. I'm upset about this. Yeah. He, him, he does things for her that are like, you know, I feel like they're portrayed as like romantic. Like he upgrades her flight, Mm. uh, her seat on her flight. He comes to get her in that club. He goes and sees her when she's with her mum. Yeah. Like this is a troubling behaviour for a partner. Yeah. To do, like for any partner, if it was a woman or a man, in any relationship to consistently you know push yourself on someone mm. to disregard their desires she says i'm going to see my mum mm. and he just turns up on like, the other side of the country yeah it, I mean, he flies to georgia from washington yeah, that's just not okay no like you you cannot behave like that like whatever sexual desires you have and behaviors you have and however much you're into someone you cannot like it's just not okay, mm. and there. But it worries me that this film a focuses on that as a protagonist, and as the key relationship, and b like portrays it as romance. Yeah, like that is not okay. To the way he behaves is consistently troubling. Yeah, and what what is even worse than that, like I say, is not only is he consistently troubling, and there's there is a portrayal of that this is romance. Mm. 
I would kind of understand that if she's, she was 100% happy. Yeah. But there are so many periods in the film where she's, like, crying. Mm. She goes to her mum and she's, like, crying into her arms. Yeah. Like, how is this what relationships are? Yeah. Like, how is it okay to say, uh, to be, like, these... This relation, you know, I want you guys as an audience to get behind this relationship. Mm. How how can we? Yeah. This guy is an abuser, in my opinion, and that is not to do with BDSM. That's to do with his stalkerish, and like insensitive, and, and like I say, frankly, just upsetting behaviors. Yeah, because like every time she has a phone call or he speaks to her. He's like, where are you? Who are you talking to? Yeah. Who is that? Yeah. What's going on? He punches his, her friend. Yeah. Which is like, it's classic. Yeah. Uh, like non-physical abuse. Yeah. Controlling it's, someone yeah. entirely. It's awful. Um, which, yeah, kind of leads into, I don't know. Yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. So my, my next point will, is him. Yeah. Is his character. Um, I understand that by the end of the film, he is, like, not the perfect man. And that it's been established that he's, you know, he's troubled and blah, 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 blah. But at the beginning of the film, he should, like, it's all set up as though he is the perfect man. Mm, yeah. He is rich, very, very rich. Wild, rich beyond your wildest rich. desires. Yeah. yeah, billionaire. Like, more money than he can spend. He is good-looking. He is physically fit. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's no... You, you are given absolutely no understanding beyond those three things. Good body, good face, mm-hmm. lots of money. That... Why she would be into him. Mm. Um, he has no personality mm. other than being, yeah, kind of controlling. And, like, you made the very, very good point about 20 minutes in that this really feels like a serial killer film. Yeah. It really feels like the twist is going to be and then he tries to stab her yeah. and she has to escape with, you know, with her life. Um, he's, yeah, very controlling, very kind of manipulative, and he's like, oh, let's meet up for coffee. No, I'm going to leave very quickly and say yeah. I'm not the man for you. Oh, then I'm going to send you these old expensive books. Oh, then it's like really... Biz- and you just think, well, what? why is she still entertaining this? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just think that, that, you know, he is supposed to be... Yeah, I assume this kind of the perfect man at the beginning, this kind of dream man... And I just think they did an awful job of yeah. that. Like, as bad as any, like, love interest that I've ever seen in a film, I think. Mm. You just think, like, not only is he, is he, like, it'd be one thing if he was just very bland and attractive, which, you know, has been done many, many times with both genders mm. of, like, oh, what does this character like in her? Well, she's hot. Like, that's it. Yeah. Um, but he's, like, he's actively like awful and mean and like you say kind of stalkerish and yeah. I don't know so yeah I just think it's, it just fails in his basic role in the plot yeah um, of, of being this this kind of great guy that of course she falls in love with yeah 
Because you just think, well, if, if whatever lack of respect you had for Anastasia before, with every moment that she kind of stays interested in it, you're like, you're just, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're an idiot. Yeah. I have a, a, yeah, the same, basically the exact same point with him. He's rich. That's yeah. it. He's boring as all hell. Yeah. He only talks about BDSM. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just, I don't know, there's, yeah, there's no point at which you see them connect. No. There's no point at which they have a shared anything. No. He makes her laugh or like they both like to dance or they both, I don't know, anything, any kind of shared moment or affection towards each other. And he just, he is just rich. Yeah. And he's cold and he's boring and he's just (laughs) well-dressed and finicky. You know, he's a pedant about all of his stuff. Like, oh, I'm going to fold up my ties. And, you know, he is, you know, you could very easily, and I would love to see someone do this, make, mix in American Psycho and there would be no (laughs) tone change whatsoever. You, nobody would bat an eyelid. <laughs> it would just be the exact same kind of, <coughs> I'm obsessed with detail, I'm cold, and I care about, you know... How like, I look. Exactly. And my body and... Yeah, exactly. You could, yeah, you you could overlay uh, Patrick Bateman's, like, I use a scented yeah. body wash yeah. and then I... <laughs> yeah, you could absolutely do that with this character because, and uh, yeah, I said to you about it, it, it this seems like a horror film to me <laughs> because I'm sure that he's going to kill her because surely there's no other end to this type of film with yeah. this kind of stalkery man. Set up. Where he just seems, uh, yeah, yeah. I think he, he, I think he seems like a psycho. And again, that's not even that's before you even get to any sex things. Yeah. That that I think is entirely irrelevant to the character. Yeah. When he, at the beginning, he just seems like a psychopath, and he is dull, and he's just rich. That's it. Mm. And and the the only things that he brings are driven by his wealth. Yeah. So like the only moments that you could point to as romantic or interesting are like the helicopter ride, the Mm. glider ride, you know, like uh, the cars that he sends to collect her, Mm. the upgrade that he gives her, all things that I think are uh, gratuitously over the top and pathetic. Yeah. But, you know, uh, what makes him attractive is just what his wealth can buy. Yeah. Not him at all. No. Um, and I think that's a really sad thing. Yeah. Really sad. It's sad for everyone because it's sad. <laughs> it's, it's... <laughs> that's that's the fucking quote that you put on the post. <laughs> Fifty Shades of Grey. It's sad for everyone. <laughs> it is because it's sad for men because it's like, hey guys, your value is in what you can buy women. Yeah. It's sad for women because it's like. You know, if you don't have a man that buys you expensive things and spunks all his money up the wall so that you can feel special, mm. then you don't really have a proper relationship. Yeah. Like, it just, it means nothing. And in real life, it means nothing. And in this film, it means everything. Yeah. Enough that she will remain in a relationship that clearly makes her unhappy. <laughs> yeah. 
I think it says a lot that, like you say, that the two, the two probably moments that it seems like she is happiest, the helicopter and the glider. She's not looking at him <laughs> at all. <laughs> she's the, looking out. The glider. She's. He's behind Forced her. to face entirely away from him. And the helicopter, There's it, it's not even like she's looking at, oh, that's Seattle, oh, yeah. here's the skyline, and then looks to him and like, oh, isn't, isn't this magical? Isn't this romantic? They hold hands yeah, or something. that moment, no. not there, conspicuous no. by its absence, because she's just like, isn't Seattle beautiful? Yeah. Which it is. It is, we might add. And we did have lots of fun yes. pointing at all of the... Um, you know, interstitial shots. Yes. All the establishing we shots. We live there, we live there. Oh, 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 Space Needle. Uh-huh. Um, okay, my next point, I don't know, it's, it's, been, it's difficult to find multiple points. A lot of them overlap Broad. quite generally because the point you want to make is bad film. <laughs> um, uh, so there's one that's just going to be quite short. Okay. And then I might, with permission, oh yes. just roll that one into the next one. Please do. Okay, so uh, point number three, four, three. I don't know. I think you're on three. I'm on three. three. Uh, point number three is unsexy sex. Mm. This is a film that is built around sex. Mm. That's its selling point. Um, and yet it's terribly unsexy. Yeah. Um it's it's one of the difficulties with any kind of and there's more terrible like in terms of film genres with the most amount of terrible films erotic thriller <laughs> is i think the highest one um because it's the law of diminishing returns yeah it's you know a horror film has to just as a, yeah a horror film can't just be 90 minutes of gore yeah because if it's 90 minutes of gore, by the time you're half an hour through, you're like, well, I'm bored of this. Yeah. Because I've seen it all and it can't, you know. Yeah. Um, and it, this is the same thing. It can't um, just be sex all the time. It can't just be, You've got to kind of... And it gets, it's, I don't know, it's like Cloverfield. Mm. You go through that whole film and they give you these little snippets of the monster. Yeah. They give you these little, like, oh, it's just out it's of frame there. It's just, oh, it's tantalising. It makes you want to see more. Yeah. Whereas this is like, here's her boobs, here's his bum, she's naked, he's naked, and it all just seems so flat and, yeah. like, lifeless. You're like, well, okay, so I've seen Everything. that, and it's just, there's no connection between them. Yeah. It just... Was, yeah, like I and I, I don't know. I'm not clever enough, or a good enough filmmaker, or interested enough in erotic cinema that I could unpack that and say, well, this is what makes a good sex scene. Mm. Other than the like, if it's if it seems sexy, if it gets you a bit hot under the collar, you know, oof, this is all a bit. <laughs> um, and this didn't do that at all. No. So that's I think that's about as analytical as I can get with that. I just think it was too much. There were two like the lingering shots, which I think just doesn't work in this. Yeah. Like it's uh, just these long shots of sex. Mm. And it's like no because it's not sexy. So you want to just I don't know have a little yeah. you know and then build up to them and it wasn't able to build up to them because their relationship wasn't sexy either. They didn't yeah. have that kind of palpable sexual tension. 
I think that's what it was, honestly. That's the least sexy thing. Yeah. It's not about... I mean, it is. It is. You're right. It is a little bit about how much you show and how mm. often you kind of labour the point. Yeah. Eventually, you become desensitised to yeah. it. Yeah. But it, it is also just about the relationship between mm. two people. Even, like, pawns try and do that. Yeah. Like, who are these people? Why do... You know, they have a little bit of a preamble. Yeah. You know, oh, this is my friend's... My girlfriend's friend. Yeah. And like, oh, I kind of fancy her. Whatever. I don't know. But, you know, it's that kind of who are these people yeah. to each other? You know, and, and that's like in most pawns, it tends to be a little bit of like risque things, yeah. right? You know, like, yeah, like my girlfriend's friend. And, yeah. Or she might walk we in or whatever. We shouldn't have sex or yeah. it's in public or it's... Exactly. You know, There's yeah. something going on. There's just nothing here. No. Who... Like, yeah, like you say, and I think it's the relationship between them because you see, and of course I can't think of an example now, but films that do sex scenes well build up to that. Yeah. Build up, build up those that relationship and that kind of flirtation and the, mm. the moments of the touching and the feeling yeah. like, you know, there's a desire mm. between the two people. And and you know you can you can build that point up with you know taking clothes off slowly or mm. whatever, and there's I'm sure yeah there's lots of different ways to do it, but I think at its core, it's the relationship between the two people. Yeah, and and showing that that's a develop you know the the sex is there as as a development in their relationship. Yeah, or a point in their relationship as opposed to just because. Mm. Which I think this film was like, yeah. oh yeah, we'll have some sex scenes. Just pepper them in. Yeah. Sorry, you were going to go on to your next point. Yeah. You said it will roll into your next one. It does. It does roll in. Because it's again about the sex. And the, like, I'm not in to BDSM. I don't really understand it. get that on the table. I'll get that right <laughs> on the table. I'll, I'll unzip and just slap that out. <laughs> not into it don't understand don't really understand it it just seems like why would you want to be in pain i don't get it however i'm sure that it, it there's lots of people around the world who engage in it and it's a wonderful thing and it's how they express themselves sexually and it's you know i imagine it must be a, a very um the connection that you'd feel with somebody else because it's that that real kind of huge element of trust mm. and so then that heightens the things and blah 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 so I think it's a it's a perfectly healthy you know thing this film portrays it simultaneously as it kind of glorifies it as in ultimately this is the reason that you're going to watch the film mm. to watch some people engage in some light bondage and you know slightly risque sex slightly risque sex but also, it demonises him mm. by essentially inf implying that he, uh, you know, legally was raped when he was younger by an older relative or a no, friend of his mum's yeah. um, when he was 15, when legally he's not, you know, in charge of his own kind of decisions in that, in that respect. Um, and that that has created within him lots of psychological issues that manifest themselves in his love of BDSM. Mm. So it's essentially saying 
that hey come and come and watch this film because it's all about oh it's two two attractive people engaging in it oh they're gonna spank each other and oh but he's sick and he's wrong and there's something fucked up in his head and you should feel bad about enjoying this bdsm set it's such a weird kind of like dichotomy between the thing or is this a good thing or is this a bad thing because it just because it's not like we say if if the point of the film was that her relationship with him opens her up to this world of BDSM that she had no experience of before um, and opens her up to this whole new world of pleasure wow wow there's you know all, all this stuff I had no idea and oh it feels it kind of hurts but it hurts in a good way and I really like it and it's that trust and it's that oh I don't know um and then that that deepens the relationship. That would be a really interesting film because I feel like because mm. that would be their connection as well. Absolutely, they they connect through their through their, their shared enthusiasm yeah. for this thing of like she tries it and he's like ah oh, how do you like that and she's like I fucking love this yeah this is the thing it's, it's this is my thing oh, that, that that's great to watch on yeah. film and I feel like that's never really happened because I feel like the fucked up people like BDSM mm. or BDSM is only enjoyed by people who have mental issues or emotional you know issues is like what Hollywood does mm. like that's their attitude to it full stop mm. they're like well they must be fucking weird Crazy. like yeah. who'd want to hit it and it's like well I don't, I don't understand well I'm not going to judge someone else for yeah. doing it but so in in which case would make this a really kind of I don't know like you think it's made a lot of money now then like BDSM people around the world would hold this up as like this is finally a book and a film that says hey this Mm. is a valid way of expressing yourself sexually Mm. like and it can create this sense of love between these two characters Mm. but it doesn't it's like oh they're engaging in all this BDSM sex and then at the end she's in tears and she's like I'm fucking never doing that again that's terrifying and awful and you're a piece of shit for enjoying it mm. and I'm like but sorry isn't that the whole point of this film yeah it's it just I just thought it was really confusing and just a, a real shame yeah because it's like you had an opportunity to to do something positive and to create a kind of diversify portrayals of healthy sex absolutely absolutely and it just said no crazy raped by his mum's friend he's mental yeah yeah it's yeah i had um a similar point or really the same point just about sex that it was it was a boring yeah and b troubling yeah which I think is across the board for this film. <laughs> but, like, it was just... It's sad for everyone. It was sad for everyone. Um, it just... It it wasn't... Yeah, because... Because, uh, I don't know, call me crazy, but I think that sex is sexy when both people are enjoying it. <laughs> like, and this didn't do that. Like... You felt very much like, well, she was enjoying it more when they were having, like, traditional sex because that's what she wanted. And he was enjoying it more when they were having more BDSM sex because that's what he wanted. But but to have a film where 
Yeah, you you do set him up as a sexual deviant because of this sexual mm. kind of lifestyle that he he wants to share with her or invite mm. her to be part of. Um, and then yeah, she says like, "Okay, do your worst to me." That mm. whole thing is so weird. Yeah, do your worst to me. Let me see mm. what it would be like. And then she's like, "I'll never let you do that to me again." Like, mm. and she, you know, crying her eyes out. And so it does demonize him. It demonizes him for his sexual desires and practices. Mm-hmm. It, I again, yeah, I I can't relate, but it's it's not really. It's all about whether it's it's an, a, an option for both of you that you both want a desire that is shared. Yeah, and so it just. Yeah, I think it's I think it's incredibly boring the sex scenes because there's no connection between them, and I think it's troubling that they, f- the the writer of this felt the need for him to have a a kind of difficult sexual background mm. in order to justify this particular type of sex, yeah. like his desire for this because she's normal, yeah. which is why she has trouble with it, right? Yeah. Whereas he is weird because. Yeah. He's got. He's had a difficult kind of sexual background where yeah. he's effectively been abused, um, which has resulted in this. And he's now friends with his abuser. Yeah, which is just again troubling. Mm. There's so many things in this that are just like <laughs> just so weird, just, man. Yeah, and she's like, oh, so you still hang out with her? Like, the, what? Mm. What is going on? Yeah. Who thinks this is okay? Like yeah. this woman who wrote these books. Like, I'm worried about her. Mm. Like, she needs to, like... I don't know. I think I think this is, like... With the sex part in particular, yeah, I think... I feel like if you're going to do something like this, you have some sense of responsibility yeah. to the people who who have these, you know, these sexual practices. Mm. Because you just... You're doing them a disservice yeah. to betray them as just... Crazy people, mm. effectively. Well, I assume you were abused as a child then, were you? Mm. And I, I think it's lazy, it's sloppy, and it's irresponsible. Yeah. And it's also, you know, apart from all of those kind of social problems that you're uh, perpetuating, it's boring. <laughs> I could forgive something if it was entertaining and tantalising, but it is not. Mm. And so, yeah, at its core, this film is about sex and it does that badly. Yeah. And irresponsibly. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I've got uh, I've got one more point to make. How many have you got? One more. One more. Okay. Uh, okay, so I'll I'll go first. Um I like to give a balanced view. Yes. Uh, all of my the first four points that I thought of we're all negative. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, right, okay, let's challenge myself. Let's try and be a nice guy. Let's think of some well positives. Well done, Dan. Well done. Thank you so much, Tiffany. You're a good man. In the same way that last time, uh, Infinity War, I loved. Yeah. You get to the end and you're like, were there things about this that I didn't like? Let's be, let's be a bit fair. Let's be a bit fair. Let's try and keep it rounded. And so I thought, right, what did I enjoy about this? Were there any moments that I enjoyed? Um... The first thing I thought of that I enjoyed mm. was 
looking out for shots of Seattle, <laughs> which is not really anything that the film has done, so I kind of took that off the Just... table. Uh, the second thing that I enjoyed was uh, I did quite enjoy the scene um, of them going through that contract. It was entirely out of character for her mm. that she was now this kind of like, hey, you're playing by my rules, Buster Powell. Oh, I'm going to be <laughs> over here. You could take my coat. Here we go. And it had the nice red lighting, and that oh, was you all did cool. Like that, I thought, didn't that, you? That, thought it looked good. I thought that was that was the scene that they had the most because it felt like it was on something of an even playing yeah. field. Yeah, because she was stepping up. She was stepping up. He was in. I think it seemed like enjoying that she was stepping up. Yeah. I was like, okay. But then it got stupid because then the those other women came in and then they were talking about having sex. It just it was weird. I didn't enjoy that enough. That's not a whole point. It wasn't that good. Like, no. It was your, just good. Call your fucking jets. Yeah. All right. Um and I thought, oh well, what else to uh, this moment, this uh, um and I just couldn't think of it enough. Which leads me to my final point, and it's something that you've mentioned several times already. Just so dull. Yeah. Really just a very dull film. And when it's a film that is is set up, it's purporting to be, oh, my God, like, all of this sex is going to be so fucking sexy. You're going to (laughs) come in your pants. Oh, my God, clean up on aisle five. (laughs) Um, But it it just doesn't. And it's because, I think, it's... As we said, nothing really happens. Nothing happens. So it's a fi- it's a film ultimately that comes down to a decision. It's her decision: is she going to sign this contract or not? Mm. And that's an odd thing to set an entire story around because yeah. it's just it's just not very dramatic. Yeah, you, you, it's it's the in, inevitable difficulty, and it's probably easier in a book, but very difficult in a film to show. Oh, that kind of deliberation. Oh, should I? Shouldn't yeah. I? Should I? Shouldn't I? Yeah. And the only other film I could think of that hinges on a decision is very similar to this. It's The Post with uh, yeah. Meryl Streep and Tom Hanks, where it's like we've got this uh, information that the government is doing bad things. Should we publish it? And that's built around a decision. Do they or do they not? Um, now, the difference is... <laughs> between Fifty Shades of Grey and The Post. Just one difference. Just the, just the, just the, just one, the one main just difference. The, just the one main difference. I mean, sure, it's Dakota Johnson, it's Meryl Streep, it's Jamie Dornan, it's Tom Hanks. Level playing field. I mean, yeah, okay. Right? Well, two points each, then. <laughs> it's, they're two sides of the same coin. You know. In a large... In large How will we ever find <laughs> the better film out of these two? So The Post only sets up that decision... About halfway through, maybe, maybe even later. Yeah. And it goes through. There's lots of developments over the course. Oh, I'm think I'm leaning more towards this, and then something happens that sends her a bit bit yeah. further over the other way. Oh, but now it sends me more a bit information for, is revealed. Information is yeah. revealed. It's kind of drip fed so that it kind of leads you through the thing. This does not have any of that. No. So really, from the point where he says, "I've got this contract," which is super weird. Um, really, it could then cut to her having that moment where she's like, logically, it should cut to the moment where she says, let's go for it. 
I, I need to know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. And then he goes nuts. He fucking wails on her. She's not into it. And then that's it. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the whole thing. So you just get this sense between, between those two points, between when the contract is initiated and her deciding that she's not, not into it at her. all. Yeah. It's just all this treading water. Mm. Just nothing's going on. No. Nothing's happening. And she's kind of flip-flopping where you get a sense, oh, she's definitely going to do it. Oh, but she's not going to do it. And then, oh, yeah. So she seems really kind of fickle and like she's stringing him along. He seems really obsessed and like, oh, have you fucking decided yet? Are you fucking decided? Oh, I'm going to send you some emails. You decide, you're going to sign the contract now. <laughs> um, is my impression of him. Very good. But thank you very much. Very good. Thank you very much. Um, it just like... Just fucking decide. Just do something. Well, and you know why she can't decide as well? Um, and the film does a very good job of showing this. It's because she isn't one single character. <laughs> She's 12 different people at different moments. So each different character is thinking a different thing. Yeah. You know, at some point, like I say, she's a she's a high-powered businesswoman. At others, she's a, like, country bumpkin pricing up cans in the, in the <laughs> hardware store. At another, she's a child running to her mother. Like, there's no consistency. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, that's why she can't decide. But, yeah, you're right. It is, um, it, yeah, nothing happens. And that is also my last point, which is to say, aside from all of the very many, I think, fundamental problems I had with this, this film, and, and there are a lot. They are numerous. And they are largely troubling, you know, like fundamental things I think are just wrong about this this film and the way it's chosen to tell this story. Mm-hmm. Uh, apart from all of that, it was just boring. It was just boring. And I think that's the worst thing you can say about a film. Yeah. It's just, I just thought, I was just bored. Mm. And I wanted it to be over. Yeah. I was like, okay, let's wrap this up now. Mm. Like... You know, and there wasn't a lot of drama to it. Like you say, it hinged on a contract signing and they just are not sophisticated enough filmmakers or writers to make that compelling or interesting. No. And and they didn't and it wasn't. And so it's, I think it's just very boring and I think that's the worst thing you can say about a film. Um, and yeah, it was a film that I wanted to be over. And it, it con- consistently disappointed with the lack of drama. Mm. And the ending was just like a kick in the teeth. The yeah. final little hoof in the teeth of like... And also nothing really happens. <laughs> yeah. The end. They're both miserable. The end. <sighs> Wonderful. Yeah. And it, it kind of yeah lets down the, the kind of the basic premise of it. Because it's the... I don't know, with with any kind of film that is, yeah, that has a kind of decision to it. Hmm. It's, yeah, like I say, they're not often entirely based around a decision, but a lot of the time in the beginning of a film, the inciting incident will be somebody given an opportunity to do something. Yeah. It could be dangerous and it could be bad for them and whatever, and it could be a terrible decision to say yes to it. But narrative convention and the, the, the whole point of telling stories means that they have to say yes. Yeah. They have to say yes. 
And so this is just like, and this is why. Because when they say no, it's like, well, what else can you do? Just, yeah. just stop the film. We're done. Yeah, yeah. We're done. It's pointless. It really makes me wonder in the book how much time must be devoted... Because a book is obviously much longer than a film. Mm, yeah. How much time must be devoted to these sex scenes? I reckon it must be a lot. Because it must be about three quarters of the fucking book because yeah. nothing happens otherwise. Yeah. yeah. No, it has to be. It, it. it must be. And that's why I say I wonder what um, people who have read the book think of the film. Mm. And, the, yeah, their portrayal of it. Because I assume the, the primary reason to read the book is that is for the sex scenes. Mm. And I don't think that translates into the film. Mm. And I feel like uh, perhaps more the film more uh, um, acutely represents the real kind of problems, you know, with yeah. with the relationship. Whereas in the book, I, I imagine it just glosses over and is like, mm. and then there's another sex scene, and then there's another one, yeah. and then she says no, and that's the end. I know, you wonder whether she says no at the end, and it, I guess if that happens in the book, mm. um, so that there can be another one. So I that this, so. and I mean... R- Obviously, we are not going to watch the other ones. Um, that's not a question. Obviously. <laughs> but in the last one, they have a... In the adverts, at least, it says she marries him. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Um, uh, I watched the other day, actually, the um, Honest trailer for Fifty Shades Freed, which I think is the second one. Mm. Or is it the third one? No, it's the third one, because Fifty Shades Darker is the second one. Fifty Shades Freed. Uh, and it says it's ridiculous because a lot of the second film is her saying, it's him saying that he wants to have kids or whatever, and her saying, so they obviously kind of get back together, um, and her saying she doesn't want to end up, uh, you know, barefoot and pregnant. I'm going to, you know, stick to my guns and be a, you know, whatever. And then by the third film, I think she literally ends the film... <laughs> barefoot and pregnant so it's oh like God. she's just she just capitulates to everything yeah she's a useless piece yeah. of shit yeah um yeah but yeah the, the, the original intention was this was to, to watch all of them but it's just going to be the same over and over again and like yeah there's other films with other other <laughs> angering um things to to watch and life is too short Life's for too this short. bullshit <laughs> That's my thing. You just you need to stop with the poster quotes. It's just <laughs> too quick. Um, so what were your points? Mine were, I didn't like her, I didn't like him, I didn't like their relationship, I didn't like their sex scenes, and I thought it was boring. <laughs> <laughs> what were yours? That's really good. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't like the portrayal of BDSM. Uh, the sex was unsexy. Christian is a serial killer. Don't like <laughs> Anna being a virgin. And it's just so dull. Yeah. A lot of overlap there. A lot of overlap. Yeah. So it's a, it's a zero out of five, which yeah. is the first uh, the first zero of flicks. Yes. We found it. But not surprising. I not feel like surprising. you wanted us to watch this it was... because you knew that I would hate it. Yes. Yeah. And it was... Just as just as fun as I wanted it to be, which is bad news for you because it means there will be more. <laughs> um, uh, yes, so uh, zero out of five for me, zero out of five for you. 
it is a dog shit film. Um, maybe, you know, the, a way of making it fun, maybe turn it into a drinking game where you take a drink every time the film displays a contempt for love and female uh, uh, autonomy. You'd be drunk. You'd be pissed off your, off your face. Um, so that was our spoiler-filled uh, review of Fifty Shades of Grey. Tiffany B. Yes. What did we learn? What did we learn tonight? What did we learn tonight in our dissection of this uh, awful, woeful, hate-filled um, attack on women and sexual freedom? Um, I guess we learned that it's possible to dupe people into believing um, a person is sexy or interesting um, by just making them wealthy. Absolutely. Um, and that, more interestingly perhaps, that you can take a film like American Psycho and turn it into a romance. <laughs> the American Psycho is just a rom-com waiting to happen in the hands of Ms. E.L. James. <laughs> Cheers! <laughs>